discs I would need. I've never played disc golf. I don't There's know what I'm doing. Types. Yeah. I just grab a bunch. Like, they're not even, like, packaged. <laughs> they're all single, like, sure. you can pull them out and, like, whatever. I grab five. <laughs> okay. No, that's probably the way to go, just to, like, have a bunch to figure out what's comfortable. Yeah, and I'm also trying to hurry, so I just check out, and I get there, and then they're like, you only need one. <laughs> it was 60 bucks for five, dude. <laughs> I was like, I felt like how my grandma probably feels whenever one of her grandchildren starts a new endeavor. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, I'm going to play ba- baseball. I really want to play baseball. They're like, all right, let's get you all set up. We'll buy you a glove. We'll buy you a, ba- a bat, you know, mm-hmm. a ball. And we'll buy you the best of what we can do for you. And then a week later, you're like, I'm over it. I'm doing football. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like... <laughs> brought a sprite with me to bed and some snacks but i was so tired and it was only like 4 a.m that's been happening to me like a lot lately yeah actually. and i fell asleep with my bedside light on and my phone on, not even plugged into the charger i was just that tired dude i was like <laughs> whoa when did you go to bed last night four four oh that's that's about when i went to bed too yeah yeah which is early for me i usually go to bed at 8 a.m <laughs> yeah. that quarantine lifestyle dude um, so what's up everyone Michael is here again obviously I'm the only one that does this um, and this week I have Ames natives Ames Ames mostly Ames mostly in Des Moines, Ames Ames and, Des Moines. De- and Des Moines I was trying to think of like a catchy like thing to say <laughs> but like I lost it right away uh, <laughs> Ames Ames yeah no, uh, no good yeah we'll just scratch that uh, <laughs> cut <laughs> I'm in Ames today with Redcoat. What is up, guys? Oh, not much. Actually, literally not much. <laughs> literally uh, just hanging out, enjoying that quarantine. It's nice life. to see a face outside of our circle. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's kind of like my roommate to, uh, yesterday. He was like, why are you even, like, why don't you just web chat? And I'm like, because I want to get out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> I no. need to get out. Any yeah. excuse. And I will say... <laughs> I've been working through like you know the coronavirus and stuff. I recently got, recently got tested, tested negative. So we are Thank we're chilling today. I've heard a lot of false negative tests have been happening. Well, what the? F- <laughs> 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 I just heard about that today. Oh no. Yeah. 
Also, I'm going back to work soon on the 29th, I think. Mm. And I got a pay cut because my restaurant is broke. That's damn sucky. I'm yep. sorry. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay, though. Because I'll get full time at least. So That's good. If I was able to survive on $11 an hour three years ago at this job, I could do it again this year. <laughs> yeah. Very fair. Are you getting unemployment right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting unemployment, but I won't be once I start the job. We don't know if it's actually the 29th. Like, it's changing daily. Right. And we only want to, we don't want to open up and close down again because that will make us go even more broke, having to get rid of all that food again. Mm, exactly. So, yeah. so but say, it's it, probably going to happen. It, if you don't hit your 40 hours, I'm pretty sure you can still, yep. like, file and, yep. and get something. It might be worth your while to, like. That's what I've been told. But also, unemployment is running out, I've heard, for most people. Uh, oh, gross. Yeah. I think it has, like, a like a set time that's yep. supposed to, like, not give you the the bigger benefits that it was offering before. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was, like, ending in June, but I can't. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I need to watch the news more. <laughs> it's all Twitter for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, so, for people that are listening, we should probably go over, like, who's all actually here. Uh, rather than just uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know <laughs> <laughs> well i'm riley i play one of the guitars i'm jared i sing and play guitar and i'm jonah and i play bass and i also sing a little bit and uh gus is not here today he yeah had to work 10 a.m to 11 p.m today Ooh, gross <laughs> yeah that, holy shit wow our man yeah. is out there rest in peace good guys fight. yeah damn Fighting the good fight, dude. <laughs> fighting the barbecue fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, how did you guys all get together to become Redcoat? Well, that's a story. <laughs> that is I'm a story. So that's a good that is that is a story. It's been in well. It's been in the works I for should, like five or six well, years. I now. should start off by saying, I've known Jonah since he was literally born. Mm-hmm. Our parents were best friends throughout high school and, and years afterwards. So we grew up together. Yeah, and then Jonah and I met in middle school in 2008. Uh, we were on and off friends until high school, pretty much. And then I met Riley through Jonah. So At a My Chemical Romance my, concert. That was awesome. And I sat on your shoulders because I was a tiny boy. That was, that was 2011. Jared was like 80 pounds. I literally put pounds, him, I, I was 14 years old, and I could put him on my shoulders. <laughs> It was cute. Oh, man. Yeah. But, so we all came together. We've all known each other through, like, the music scene and stuff because we all started playing in bands in high school, and our old band, Jonah and I, uh, our old band, Underdog Story, and Gus was in that as well, uh, were playing shows for a long time, and then Riley started a band called ABR, A Better Reality, for short. Um, for long, for long, <laughs> for long. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a little bit of a joke there. It wasn't, it wasn't an accident, I promise. Um, and then we just like played shows together, and then both of those bands kind of, you know, met their met their ends. And Riley and I played in this project called the Joy Addict. Make it sound like the bands were murdered. The bands met their end. They fucking died. Played. They fucking um, died. So, when it comes to Red Coat, we started out as a band called the Joy Addict which is like a solo project from our old singer uh and he was jamming with riley for a little while and writing like um one of the songs actually we released on the on the ep cold open out on spotify now um (laughs) uh 
he was writing that song with Riley as well as a few other things and then I just came down to jam with them one day here at the record mill uh, back in it was like September or October of 2015 mm -hmm. and um, we just were jamming for a little while Jonah eventually got involved in the mix uh, Riley was drumming for a little while and then Gus came in and started drumming for us as well and we were on and off jamming for a bit and just kind of didn't do much with it for a while um, and then about what was it two years later we came back in like 2017 mm -hmm. something like that uh, with me Jesse Riley and then our buddy Lincoln was on drums and we played a few shows and like we had some songs written we had like four songs written or something like we that. all yeah we had a we, our, our entirety of that band we had a four song set list yeah. with a, we had that cool intro though yeah yeah <laughs> it, it oh right. i forgot about that <laughs> it was like four and a half songs yeah uh but it was cool for a little while and then our singer uh in the in like 2019 started just like ghosted us like he fell off the face of the planet nobody had and we and that, yeah. we were asking like his roommates his friends like all of our mutual friends and our drummer lived with him too we were like where is he at? Because we were trying to get the get like some demos and some uh, and get like an EP recorded, and at the time we were recording all the guitars in my apartment in like a really kind of sketchy way, but it was cool like just for what it was. And um, he eventually texted me saying that he didn't want to be a part of the band anymore and that he had some serious personal stuff going on. And I'll leave it at that. But we were just like, all right, well, that band's done. <laughs> yeah, that band's done what do we do now like are we are we gonna keep doing this are we gonna start something new uh we still played under the name the joy addict for a couple shows i jumped on vocals and started writing lyrics uh which is the first time i ever did that it was actually just about a year ago oh. uh, it was the first time i ever did that uh i've been singing for a while i just never got the courage to sing in front of people because i always thought it was weird uh, yeah i've always been a guitarist me and jared were in choir together back in school so yeah. Uh, when we were in underdog story together like I wanted him to sing but I, I had a feeling he wasn't as comfortable with it but I was like dude you you got a beautiful voice man I always told him like you like I just, an angel. I just had to do the thing that butterflies do and Jared's trajectory wings. has been <laughs> very 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 <laughs> awesome to, to, to um, watch it's been really it's been really cool to be a part of it too but uh, we played a we played a few shows with our old drummer Lincoln it was at the time, I think it was the three of us in Lincoln for a little while. Jonah was on bass. You were on guitar, or I don't know how many shows you played with us. When I Lincoln didn't. Was I there. honestly, I don't think. I think it was just Jonah and Lincoln. I was weirded out by the whole thing, and yeah. like I just didn't like do a couple shows. You guys did it as a three piece, yeah. And like I was just, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was weird, and we kept the name Joy Addict for a little while, and then Lincoln ended up leaving for the summer. Uh, so we were like, well, we don't have a drummer, and we're just kind of chilling right now. Didn't he go to, like, do trout farming? Yeah, in, like, Idaho. Yeah. yeah. It was very weird. And then, <laughs> back... Like the last thing I expected. Um, <laughs> right. Backtracking a little bit... So, um, so you're quitting the band to oh. farm trout. <laughs> I was like, I... It's his career. Uh, no, uh, it's his career. No, no, it's actually cool, because, um... Lincoln's a big outdoors guy. Oh, yeah. He's always outdoors, and his new job basically paid him to constantly be outdoors, just, like, adventuring with wildlife, and he was... No, he's living his best life. Yeah, I'm so happy for that. No, like, great. yeah, um, absolutely. I, I didn't mean to make light of his passion. I just <laughs> thought it was kind of funny. No, no, no. It is. <laughs> but backtracking a little bit, Gus, in, like, November of 2018, left to go work with his brother on a pot farm out in Colorado. 
uh, and then just because you know he was in some debt and like needed to pay off some stuff, and uh, he wanted to get like a better start. And him and his girlfriend have been taking things more seriously, so he just wants to be in a better position. So he left in November of 2018, uh, and that's around the time when Underdog Story ended. Um, and um, he ended up moving to California for a little while too. Um, and like he totaled his car and just like pretty much lost everything while he was out there. And then in July of 2019, uh, after Lincoln had left and when we were just kind of in this weird limbo state, Gus was just like, all right, I'm coming back to Iowa. Cause now like all of his bills were paid off. His car helped him pay off a lot of the stuff that he like uh, needed to get paid off. Uh, so he's like, I'm coming back. And then the four of us collectively decided to you know, do the thing again. And then we just needed to come up with a name because we didn't want to use the Joy Addict anymore. I really like the name. But, I love the name. But, but like, they're, they're, yeah. It's not ours. Yeah. It wouldn't, um, be, it wouldn't be appropriate then. I'll yeah. Think. But Riley came up with Redcoat. It was just kind of. I was watching a shit ton of Outlander at the time. Oh, yeah. I fucking love <laughs> Outlander. I guess I, I've never heard, like, the story behind why you. I love. Like, no, yeah. I like, like, I love anything to do with, like, Scottish culture, yeah. castles whole nine yards uh and the show's about it starts out about scots versus the okay. the british I've and, and, and it's all about you know clauden and uh their scotland's like attempt to break three break free of uh of uh of britain what's it on uh stars stars if you have hbo it might okay i don't have hbo anymore, just but so I just got HBO. fucking good um HBO Live or whatever the new HBO no. Oh, I need to check that out. I just There's got a bunch back, of cool stuff on there. Because right when it came out, my mom was like, hey, here's the email, here's the password, you have an account. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Nice. <clears throat> that's awesome. But yeah, that's basically how Redcoat started, and then we kind of, uh, we were just kind of writing new stuff. I was writing the lyrics and just trying to get everything fleshed out, uh, like on that end, and then we were just working on some of the songs that we had written with the joy addict in the past i revamped with new lyrics and we kind of like tighten them up a little bit and then four no three of those songs made it onto the ep uh out of the four one five. was like entirely reworked yeah sunlit sunlit was sunlit, an which entirely was called, different song yeah. in joy addict. It, it was hmm. called houndstooth i have a really old demo of it still on my soundcloud actually oh shit i might want to listen to uh, that. it's really cool i really love that version and actually i kind of want to make like an acoustic version of that song with the old like the, the old way that we play it that'd be really cool or just use that riff again because it's really cool mm -hmm. uh, it just sounds totally <laughs> it is different. an entirely no. different song it sounds totally can, different yeah. a different key. Yo, get mm -hmm. this guys what if we came up with a new song but it's actually <laughs> our old <laughs> our old single <laughs> <laughs> what if it's um, the same song <laughs> i've had that idea floating around for a little while but yeah so we revamped one song entirely kept two of the song no three of the songs because mm -hmm. we have nevermore dissipate and Running and Hiding, which is actually called Hiding Now, uh, which were all Joy Addict songs made to be Redcoat songs. Um, and we really just wanted to get all those songs out because uh, we've been working on them for a while. And they're all kind of, they all kind of have their own unique thing and they're all different. They don't really all fall into the same genre, which genre is pretty arbitrary nowadays anyway. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so now we're just working on new stuff and trying to just play around with ideas and we haven't really settled on like a sound yet but i think we all have specific um ideas and ways that we write that i think will probably come together 
and yeah there's still a lot to do there, there there's still a lot of muscles to um ex- to exercise yeah. and yeah. A, a lot of untapped room yeah uh, yeah th- this this ep this first ep was just like a blanket statement yeah. almost just like this is what we've this is what we've had for like five for years like five now. fucking years <laughs> um yeah it, it feels really good to have it out finally and yeah. and have something that people I, I can show people yeah like hey this that's is my the biggest band. thing yeah. is that like this is my band this is like what we did instead of like you know telling everybody oh we got something coming like we're gonna do something we promise <laughs> it's gonna I, happen. I, i'm never gonna do that again I, i'm never gonna <laughs> that's why so gus actually just came back from california with his drum kit we recorded the red coat ep on my piece of shit like off-brand drum kit that i got from my aunt thank you aunt becky the, the kit is very the kit is kind of a clunky <laughs> clunky thing but it did its job for what it is and it sounds it's charming pretty, it sounds pretty decent no okay. yeah i yeah, think yeah, after yeah. that it deserves a viking's funeral <laughs> yeah. i am not doing that to the kit um no what, I mean, what was like really when cool when it's dead and gone oh not what? right now what was really cool is I got like an A series Zildjian symbol out of it. Like the rest of the kit was just like it's like it's called Drum Zone, so it's like probably like a super beginner's kit. And then I got like a pair of Jet hi hats with it, and then like an A series Zildjian ride. And I was like, all right, this is kind of <laughs> sick because that ride is really cool. Um, what a deal! But then Gus came back with this kit, so we're gonna hit the ground running with these new songs and try to get these recorded. I thought you were gonna say. Cause then Gus came back and he broke that ride symbol. <laughs> he broke, no, I, I broke it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess backstory. He he went to California to go pick up his kit because he left his kit there uh, when he moved back there. Like he, you know, for that year that he was gone, uh, and he came back with his kit, and I'm really excited to get recording with that. So he has such a signature sound with that kit. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to. But yeah, that's basically just. Into that kind of catching up to where Redcoat is at now. We released the EP, and um, we're working on new stuff. We have some new songs that are kind of coming together in a more succinct way than our old EP, uh, our first EP, old EP. We just released it. but um, it feel, No, that's how it feels. Yeah, it, it, it does feel old. that way. But all of our songs are starting to mesh together a little bit more, I think. I think they're still kind of my predictions like, all for, over the place. Yeah. But... My predictions for next record is longer more songs mm-hmm. whether it's a long ep or a short album um and more cohesive more yeah just just more of a followed through vibe yeah but yeah that's kind of where we're at right now well i dug the ep uh, oh, i think i listened to you. it at least three times today on the drive and dang then, all right yeah. that's sick. That's yeah. cool. so i mean uh i really jo- enjoyed it definitely wish it would have been longer because like you start to get into that last song you're like okay yeah and then like you're like oh shit it's over <laughs> we, uh, we have more I, stuff I, like i love coming. that though that we end on a fucking cliffhanger yeah <laughs> like that just felt so good to hear no yeah yeah <laughs> we, um, that's just the thing like we felt like the timing of our release was horrible yeah yeah um just not well, where your energy and focus needs to be yeah. right now we, we but, were just like we just wanted to get the damn thing out you know, that's pretty much just what we wanted to do. It mm-hmm. wasn't maybe the best timing, but I think having that finally out there feels good. Mm-hmm. You know, even it's one you know. thing off your plate to deal with. Moving forward, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like once we start coming around to playing shows again and getting that sense of normalcy back, um, you know, I think uh, we, we'll probably get some decent, you know, 
I think we'll get some decent responses with the EP uh, once it reaches a bit of a wider audience. We were planning on going on a run this summer, or at least we were talking about it, and then obviously that's yeah. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But we have we have some friends um, in DIY spaces around the country that are more than willing to hook us up with shows and all that good stuff. But uh, that's also a cool level to it. It is yeah. like we know that like once everybody's ready and we're ready, like it's just go time. Like, yeah. But um, but with the EP and being short and all, uh, I I do think it's kind of a it's kind of a teaser for what we are going to be doing here soon because we have with our writing style we we like writing you know big bombastic like really dr- over dramatic kind of kind of stuff sometimes. There's there's no shame to our theatrics with <laughs> yeah. the music. Yeah. Like I let go of any sort of like cliche with that. Um and uh we have some we have some songs in that vein that are gonna be on the next EP. So, Tight. yeah. Um, since obviously you guys aren't going to be doing that run this summer because of everything that's going yeah. on, have you guys been planning on doing like virtual shows or anything like that? Like, so we did. Uh, Jonah and I did uh, just an acoustic set. Um, our friends of ours in Iowa City, actually, uh, friends of ours in Cowpoke, um, Katie Kelly from Basketball Divorce Court, among a few other people, put together a quarantine in cyberspace show. Uh, on Facebook Live, they just put up an event, and then everybody had a time slot. And then, since Jonah and I live together, we were like, "Well, we probably shouldn't ask Riley and Gus to come over and do a show, so we're just gonna do an acoustic thing." Uh, and it was pretty cool. Uh, we haven't done anything like that since. That was back in April. Uh, but there was there was talks of doing a live stream when the EP released, but again, it's timing. horrible timing. Yeah, and and we were we were busy. We were out protesting. We were. Yeah, actually, the, the night that we wanted to go, like, do a live stream, I think, was the night that we were out yep. at a protest. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I believe that. But, but yeah, uh, I guess we're just kind of working on music. I'm just, both Riley and I are sitting down and just demoing, like, all of our new stuff, and then we'll send it to the band, and just, we'll all kind of work on it and put our own little you know, tastes and flair. And I feel like once the time's appropriate, we will probably do a live stream of some sort, like, yeah. We got it. We got the. We're so spoiled for our practice space. Yeah. We, we. There's no reason for us to not have a really good session at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For. We we could definitely do something really cool down there. People would love that too. The reaction that we got when we did our uh, live show, even though it was just me and Jared, was really surprising to me. I mean, like I was. People were very really validating. Mm-hmm. People yeah. were super happy to see us. Yeah, and we did play a couple new songs, and people really liked the new songs. So that's reassuring to like, you know what what the next EP could be and like you know how people will react to that so absolutely yeah awesome well hopefully hopefully things can progress the way that they need to currently yeah. um, exactly we're not gonna fight it like yeah. we're gonna be where we need to we're, be right yeah. now we're gonna go no. with the tide and yep. and just try to I think the most important thing to us right now is showing solidarity with our friends um, who are being most affected by this uh by these really horrible things happening and have been happening in the United States. Um, so this band, it's kind of on the back burner. We're still rehearsing and practicing and stuff, but I don't know if we're going to like, we're probably not going to like release that EP, for example, uh, at least for another, like if we get it recorded, let's say like we start recording like next week and we get it all recorded within this month. I don't think we'll probably even release it until the end of the year at the soonest, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I had something else I was going to say, and now I just kind of forgot. <laughs> you were kind of saying something mind. about, we're just kind of following the tide, and I was like, yeah. 
We have a new song called Floodgates. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and that's just how Jeez. my brain works. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, and that's my newest song that I wrote. Yeah, go with the tide. I'm like, oh man. New Redcoat song. Jared, can you confirm this? I, uh, you guys, you guys I can are, confirm it right now. Redcoat is working on new stuff. You guys are human poetry. We're our millions of fans. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> bigger than One Direction, I swear to God. Oh, no. If Jessica Don't. listens to this, she's going to be very upset at the hell. Uh, yeah. Um, so, as we kind of mentioned, like, Underdog Story and The Better Reality, like, that's how I at least know Riley and I know yeah let's talk about let's talk about that yeah wow kudos to you for it, listening <laughs> to any of that <laughs> thank you I mean I was around for a lot of it I mean I booked a better reality in Iowa City a few times that's right. um, if you guys remember Exit Emergency I was yeah. oh, I, used yeah. to, I used to run merch for them so I was at a lot of the shows okay, okay. Um, unfortunately never this is my first time at the record mill I've never been able to make it up for, well, for anything. This so. is our house. It's a bit cluttered right God, now. I'm so upset that you just said that because obviously I have all this crap in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> and the, even in the basement, like I have a box yeah. and a mattress in front of the studio door. So yeah, if so I even, even wanted to show you, I would have to like move that. And the practice space is covered in all that extra gear that Gus brought home from California that I haven't put away yet. Man. No. But I'm glad you're finally here. Yeah. That was the other reason I had to come down. I was like, I have to yeah, check say, I've been there. This yeah, 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 this absolutely. And, and like, again, once things start picking up, like, low-key, we're, we're starting to host some, show, host some shows here. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I just, if everything goes, goes well in terms of coronavirus and stuff, the way that our state and the country is handling it, we'll see. We, we will see. Because <laughs> you guys did take a break for a while from like hosting shows i remember that was like a big yeah yeah the yeah there was a fucking baby it wasn't just that we got we got cracked down by a music organization um but we ended up kind of it was the city we got away from the city oh yeah oh. because of the complaints from my neighbor like two doors down mm. um mm. had an infant baby and they went to bed at 6 p.m every night and so they were like the base is like shaking our windows which i it's positive not, that that's a lie. It's not possible. Um, but anyway. you'll see it for yourself. It's in, like it's with the soundproof, like great soundproof. It's not perfectly soundproof. We have there's our back wall, like yeah. right over here. Uh, the you know the people listening can't see me, but um, <laughs> it's on this side of the house, and that part of the wall is not soundproofed. Mm. It's uh, because of the washer and dryer over there, and uh, it's yeah. just you know I don't know. Anyway, but basically they made a couple complaint calls over the course of a few months and then the city sent me a letter that said we heard that you're running a business pretty much and if you it wasn't about the noise complaint is the other thing the letter how they ended up getting a shutdown is the fact that they were like uh we heard you're running a business and if you need a if you're going to run a business you need to sign this and pay us money Hmm. and all this shit so yeah but now so we were charging people at the door for that which that was my parents idea yeah when she still lived here with me yeah but now it's just jonah and i living in the house um and we don't charge a fee we do like the the suggested donation thing because we want to get the bands paid but we can't legally ask people to give us money to you know get in our house without going through all of those hoops uh so we just want to throw shows we just want to have a good time to throw shows um and (coughs) we decided to come back after almost exactly two years yeah 
Or no, almost no. I think it's it was a year because we ended in like. I was 20, gonna say there's no was, way we went two years. It was April of 2017. We came back in March of 2019. Yeah, so it was two years. If you want Jesus to fact check it? You can check uh, the the Twitter. Lincoln's tweet about it because yeah. he tweeted he was like I survived the record mill hiatus. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 2017 to 2019, yeah. we announced a comeback show with some locals, and um, it was a pretty small turnout, but it was good to like have it back you know yeah i started doing shows at the house again uh because i have a solo project and i wanted to have a like my first like legit show for it and i didn't think that i would get a pull since obviously nobody has ever seen it before uh but they know me from underdog story so i was like well you know this new solo project won't get a pull but maybe i can get a good first show like a decent first show if i have it at the record mill because people would know that Mm -hmm. and they'd want to come back for that so i had some other locals on the bill uh and i basically made it almost all locals uh yeah was there a touring act on there that? Was i was trying to remember honey gold well they're local they're yeah. local technically i don't know if any of them are from des moines i don't think so no they, they were all from ames but they've all kind of moved <laughs> yeah um rest in peace was yeah. it what a good band god was yeah. it good morning midnight yeah good morning midnight played that <sighs> yeah they're from mini Minneapolis now? Yeah, so... No, he's in our city. city. They fucking played the house across the street from my house, like, what, two months ago? Something like that? I was so fucking mad. It was cool. I I was there, actually. I know you were. So was was Sam, and so was, like, my coworkers. Like, everyone was across the street. And I was, like, probably over at my house, like, fucking... I don't know, playing with my dogs or something. Yeah. They can wait. Yeah. I can go see good I swear to God, I I messaged you. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Um, But yeah. I'll uh, let it go. I basically, (laughs) you know, I wanted to have a show, and I thought the house would get a poll, so I was like, and I had been itching to have shows here again, and so I was just like, you know what? That baby's got to be two years older now. I doubt their bedtime's still 6 p.m. I'm doing it. I'm doing doing it. Jonas said, fuck the kids. I said, fuck them kids. kids. (laughs) Well, like, kids, it's toddler. It doesn't, it's probably up fucking at erratic times anyway. You know? I doubt they even have a kid. <laughs> Dude, I'll be so mad. If they're just cranky fucking people. Um, but yeah, and then... We'll play outside. Yeah, so Jonah started... Uh, just wanted to get that started back up again. And then I ended up getting in contact with a person named Alex Martin out in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, they book shows for a lot of smaller, like, DIY touring bands, uh, like Mover Shaker and Nice. Um... And big, I, big love to yeah. both those bands. Holy yeah. fuck! Um, and we just uh, ended up getting shows through Alex. Basically, Alex hit me up, and we just get dates set aside. And and we were having shows here about twice a month uh, up until the coronavirus thing happened. We were gonna have Greek Death here in March, and I was so stoked for that because they're like collectively like one of our favorite bands. Uh, we, <laughs> it, it, it'd be so embarrassing if they found out how much we worship. <laughs> I don't, I don't sure, think so. Pretty sure they know. I'm they know. sure, pretty they, sure do. they know we stand. I <laughs> love that band. That one tweet I made about them, <laughs> that was funny. That was so funny. Yeah, he like taped his phone to the ceiling and then put their vinyl uh, on just like blast and he was just laying on the floor uh, with this like, he had his hoodie like this drawstrings pulled in so you can only see part of his face and he was just laying there on the floor during like one of the bigger parts of one of their songs. I think it was Strange Days, right? Yeah, it was Strange Days. And he was just laying there and it was 
he went to the video limit on Twitter, which is two minutes and twenty seconds of him just laying there and just staring at the camera. It was, a, and then Deathwish tweeted is, it, and it got like a hundred likes and like. That a is bunch the of objective retweets. vibe of that band. It is. That is the only correct way to listen to that band. We just. played with them in Marion uh, at um, the Plaster House, which was pretty sick, and they played like this stripped down set. And it was so fucking cool. Mm -hmm. I wanted to. I was so stoked to hear them full band that night, and then I like heard people saying that they were going to be stripped down, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. But no, it was cool. It was something it, completely it was, different. It, it was, was like a whole yeah, new yeah. set of songs. Yeah, that was the second time I'd seen them. The first time I'd seen them, I didn't know who they were before they started playing. They were very loud. They were very loud, <laughs> and I was just kind of trying to take it all in, but kind of failing. I'll be honest. I was like, I liked their tone. But I really couldn't hear the vocals, which uh, later when I heard them uh, stripped down, I would realize that I really wish I would have known the songs when I saw them the first time because then the vocals would be a bit clearer. Mm. And I love <clears throat> I love the vocals in Creep Death. That's very different it's, from yeah. uh, what you'd expect from their tone. Like if you listen mm -hmm. to it without vocals and then the vocals came in, you'd be like, whoa, that's not what I expected. But it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So... When but, they were stripped um, down, that was a uh, really man. We really got a uh, we really got sidetracked from underdog story and better reality. Huh? Is that what we were talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what we were talking. I, was like, about. I just like I, I was, all I was enjoying that. talking about like shows and putting on shows, and I guess that's where we got distracted was putting on shows um, yes. and like doing shows with Mike and and then it turned into this whole thing. Um, ABR but, and underdog used to play a lot together. Yeah, like back in back when mill shows were. Booming, yeah. we're like, and ABR's final show was here. My, the, ABR's final show was at the mill with you guys, didn't you play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, us and Square uh, States, Stair Squates, Stair Squates, uh, and Fairhaven played. Holy that. fuck, yeah, fuck. Oh my goodness, uh, and then Exit Emergency played that, I think, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. did. Yeah. I tried to go disconnect with my a lifetime frisbee yesterday. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, we have a Fairhaven Frisbee in the garage. I know. Yeah. It's notorious. But, um, but yeah, that feels like forever ago. Like, those bands and that, like, scene and that group of people. We all haven't been in the same room in years. Seriously, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But Dakota wished me a happy birthday the other day. Oh. Shelton. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's a bud. Yeah. And also in Riley's new band, Pulse. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very I guess, grungy. I guess, like, not, like official announcement or anything but yeah like uh the cast of abr the cast of abr yeah <laughs> it's gonna get yeah we're me and dakota shelton and sam bozen are gonna start a three-piece and we got mm. we got the ep in the works and yeah how's that coming it's great um sam yeah sam's uh taking a go at uh recording and mixing and yeah, all that stuff for the first time and 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 he, he He's I don't know he he he's impressing me like it's it's the the demos are great it's just nothing I've never it's just nothing I've ever really done before okay. just very garagey yeah like just thrown together held together with duct tape kind of stuff but like that that's becoming our sound and I was I'm, gonna say I, like, and I'm growing to appreciate like the imperfections in um, recording yeah from some of the stuff that I've like heard from you guys like. Um, it's i think it could be fitting like that kind of garagey sound in the, like in the recording i think that's just fit. like when we were in abr that was just like the stuff we like fucked around with yeah. in, in between our power pop 
stuff. Yeah. We would just throw a little, I don't know, I would do a Nirvana bass line and like we'd, go, we'd play a Nirvana song real quick. Just <laughs> it, that, That's just naturally like what we've always wanted to do. I'm in middle school, I was very rooted in butt rock. Yeah. I love Seether. I don't give a fuck. I love Nickelback. I, love, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Dude, fucking the first two Nickelback albums, fucking amazing. I will, I will stand by that till I, I die. I just realized, oh man, I had a wild dream last night oh. that Nickelback was like sick. Like, like, like good? The yeah. best <laughs> like, like, like Nickelback was like the best band. Like, and they I remember, are. like in my, in my dream, everybody was like, we don't talk about their old stuff. Their old stuff is in the past. Their new stuff is where it's at, dude. And I just like you had a premonition. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> it's coming. I don't know. They did get kind of heavy with like some of the stuff that they released recently in the past like year or two. Their first, oh, I, 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 yeah, their first two albums are insane. But that's like what I'm. That's how I started like my own personal like venture into music. It started with like grungy stuff like Nirvana and and Seether and uh, as cringy as it feels now. It's 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 where I'm rooted. So that band's cool. I I, I can finally exercise that, and like it feels really natural. Yeah, that was my first uh, CD I've ever owned was a Nickelback CD. Is my mom? Same. She bought it for me. She's like, "You you'll like this. This is rock music." (laughs) (laughs) She didn't even know what the band was. Uh (laughs) Oh goodness. Um, Whereas Jonah and I are more rooted in like, like early two thousands pop punk, like Green Day, and like we were basically a Green Day cover band. Like, when we started out, Underdog Story, we were writing some of our own, like, music and stuff, and it was all, like, pop-punk, like, teen pop-punk riffs and all that stuff, and all the all the teen feelings that come with all that, um, and then, yeah, I guess, I don't know, I personally listened to, like, a lot of Green Day, Sum 41, and Rise Against, like, those were my, like, main three I listened to those back bands, in the day. too. Like, they, yeah. th- those bands were just as much a part of, yeah. like, my adventure. Oh, like, for sure. And that was the same time as... My Chemical Romance. Yeah, and, My Chemical Romance. And after My Chem came came Fall Out Boy, and after Fall Out Boy came Paramore. Paramore, yeah. Fucking Paramore. Yeah, Paramore, I started listening to them. It was around the time that uh, Green Day did that 21st Century Breakdown tour when they brought Paramore on. Is probably when my brother started listening to them. My brother would drive me from school, like after school every day, and he'd put on Riot, and we just listened to that on the car ride home. That band, <laughs> I hold yeah. that band very deep in my heart mm. yeah i love that band so much i i have a i have my brother to blame for a lot of my adolescent music taste uh a lot of the stuff that i listened to came pretty much directly from my brother rise against some 41 green day and paramore were the bands that he listened to back in the day uh when he was uh when he was a grumpy teenager um and then i was just like a 10 11 year old boy and just kind of just want to listen eyes. to what older yeah. brother listens pretty to pretty much yeah. yeah yeah lucky bastard i i <laughs> i'm first born so i, I was gonna say all, you're the older brother I, yeah i i had to do that shit on my own and i had to be that brother for for my younger brothers you had to pioneer what the good music would be and it was hard work man <laughs> i listened to some shitty music i, I broke my back <laughs> trying to find good music for my for my kids not my kids my siblings <laughs> for my kids my childs uh, yeah but look at how they turned out. No, they're better than I am now. You did a great <laughs> job. They get, me into, they get me into so much good music. I think Max got me into King Gizzard. A bit of a side note, oh, I nice. started listening to Vasudeva the other day. Oh, that sounds so like uh, that one song from uh, The Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I feel 
like it would be in that. Jesus. <laughs> oh no. Um the Who's would sing. Yeah, they're a pretty sick like like kind of post rock like instrumental band. Oh the Who's? No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> the Who's the Who is an actual band. Um but yeah, I don't know. Underdog story just kind of stemmed from all of our old like adolescent, you know, teenage angst. Uh, and then eventually kind of turned into, like, influences that we were gathering later down the line. Because uh, Underdog Story ended kind of recently. Uh, so all the stuff that I listen to now, some of it I, you know, listened to back then as well. Uh, I was listening to a lot more, like, hardcore and, like, melodic hardcore. Um, so, like, I was listening to a ton of counterparts and then, like, some heavier stuff, too. So some of my ideas came from bands like that, like, got influenced from that and... So Underdog Story was kind of heading in that direction. It was gonna, it wasn't gonna be like straight up like, you know, super heavy stuff. But we were we were getting a little heavier with it. We were, uh, I at least was, with the first two records from <clears throat> Underdog Story, uh, Year One and Luther Drive. I wrote a lot of songs for those, and then the third EP that we never released but f- basically finished was mostly Jared. Uh, aside from one song that I wrote, <clears throat> and, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and, I, wrote, uh, I wrote, yeah, five of the six songs that were. Good lord. There. Yeah, and I did write lyrics, which I think heavily influenced uh, the style of the songs towards the end of the writing process. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. And the story aspect and like the vibe, but like, uh, I was kind of changing what I was really into, because with the first two records, I was really into what we were talking about before, and then. Uh, towards the end of it, I was really heavily into, like, um, pop punk that came from, like, 2010, 2013, 15, 16, uh, like, you know, that, Story So Far and Neck Deep, uh, that wave hit DIY yeah, yeah. And so then, hard. Yeah, Underdog Story, like, that's how I got in, was during that whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah was, and so yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I was trying to change up how I was going to start writing music, because... I picked up guitar for Underdog Story, uh, so I really didn't know how to play very well at the beginning, but I figured out how to play what I liked, and so that's what I was trying to do again, because I really only knew how to play like power chords, so every time we'd play a new song and Jared would be like, here's some chords, learn them, that'd be my first time playing them, and I'd try and incorporate them into something mm-hmm. new, so yeah, I think I think that has a lot of reason as to why I didn't write too much with the third EP that we didn't release just because I, w- I wasn't sure how to go about writing the riffs that I was interested in hearing anymore. So. I think it's, I, it's really nice to kind of, like, one, once you've had such a heavy hand in, like, writing a record, it, it's it's nice to step back for a second and just, like, observe and intake. And Yeah. I think when we, uh, when we hit the studio for that third EP, we also just weren't ready. The songs weren't ready. Uh, and it just was... It, it wasn't the best time when we were in the studio. Uh, we had some you know problems and we we clashed with like the engineer and all that and we're I mean we're not on bad terms or anything we just weren't happy with the product just because we weren't in the space that we needed to be in when happen. we went to record it. Uh, Jonah, Gus, and I have been talking about uh, eventually recording something and putting something out, but that's kind of on the back burner because um, we really want to get these songs written for Redcoat and get this music out because this is what we're currently mm-hmm. doing and currently like what we're most into right now mm. uh, I still really love all the heavy stuff I want to be in a, a heavier band at some point um, and kind of take a step back from 
doing lyrics and singing again and just kind of just fucking riff. and just kind of fucking riff dude like that that's that's what i really want to feel do like everybody needs that yeah everybody needs to be in a band that just fucking riffs yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> perspective it was really cool being in redcoat for me uh not being the lead singer although i really miss that because that's like my biggest passion yeah, Joan and i are like opposite ends right now <laughs> of like this whole thing yeah so i'm not writing uh i i have one song for redcoat uh that's in the works uh and possibly another one but um playing bass and just focusing on the instrumental aspect of that is really cool uh so with underdog story i played guitar and sang now i get to just play bass and bass was actually my first instrument so i'm really happy about that and i get to learn more about what a good bass line sounds like and you know what i should complement within the song mm-hmm. if and I you're should... doing a great fucking job thank you yeah i when we were listening to the uh, mixes before we sent it to mastering riley was like this is a really good bass record and i <laughs> in the moment i just kind of looked at him and was like yeah Solid all the way through. Yeah, it, it, I really appreciate that. No, like no, that I I find a lot of ties between like uh, this first EP and then uh, my Chemical Romance's first record because the only consistent thing in that first record is Mikey Way's bass lines. They're fucking mm. flawless. Yeah. They have complete backbone, and I it, it, that's got the same energy in uh, R.E.P. Not that like anybody's lacking or anything like that oh, but yeah. like jonah's just so fucking spot on the, the song that no, sticks it, out yeah. to me the most is enticement that that bass riff at the end that's a fucking riff because it makes me emotional it, so we have that like big explosive part at the end of enticement um i'm just wailing on like these open chords riley is doing this kind of uh octave like lead line that's kind of complementing the chords that i'm playing so they all kind of fit together in uh, the single like octave thing that he's playing in the chords of the because <clears throat> that's kind of how I wanted to write it. I kind of wanted to accentuate it and make like a full sound. But then the second time through of that riff, Riley comes in with a bit more of a complicated like riff uh, and starts messing around with uh, the scale a bit more. And then Jonah comes in with his and it just all like. Like, it's really big and dense for that first half, and then it opens up the second half. And that's what I think about the most when I think about Jonah's bass playing, mm-hmm. is that That moment, moment that song. is going to be a standout moment for a long time, for just yeah. us. That's, just one like... of my, that's one of my favorite like parts about that song. Mm-hmm. I've grown to love that song a lot. When, we first, when I first demoed it out and wrote it, and then brought it to the band, we were all just kind of like... Uh, I don't know if not, we like this. Not me. I liked it. From you liked it. I, I want to oh, put well, that out there. Well, I liked <laughs> enticement right well, when you brought it to the. I band. think specifically Gus and I. I don't know how you felt about it, Riley, but Gus and I were. Just I thought kinda, it was a jam. I didn't think it would. I honestly didn't think it would get to where it's at now. Yeah, Gus and I were just kind of like it's missing something, and it's just not kind of where it needs to be. Uh, but then Gus started experimenting more with how he played uh, his part and was messing around with things, and it just opened it up so much more. Um, with the way that he did it versus the way that I like programmed the drums, <laughs> which was never gonna be the final like drum part anyway. Whenever I program drums, I do it as simple as I can because I don't know what Gus is gonna do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just give like the basic outline of what I think should be here, but Gus always brings. If you're it. not if, if you're not the drummer and you gotta and you gotta just write a backbone for yeah. the demo, like that's exactly the way to do it. Yeah, and let, let the drummer handle yeah. it from there. And Gus does a good job. He's a very he's a very unique drummer in that I don't think he's always like conventional in the way that he approaches it 
uh, whereas like I see a lot of drummers kind of fall into the same styles. Uh, Gus has his own unique thing. Gus has no like knowledge of guitar or like anywhere on that side of the musical world, but he writes drums like you would write guitar. Like he's he's just as much a creative force on drums in the band yeah. as we are on. Yeah. What we do. It's he and like that's I don't know. I don't see that a whole lot in mm. drummers. And that not that that doesn't make a good drummer. Like there's yeah. phenomenal drummers I, that, that just go through, through the motions and can do yeah. that. But I think there's like a lot of pros and cons to both ends because you'll have drummers like um, uh, the drummer for the story so far has a hand in the songwriting because uh, he's an all around musician. Uh, so he does have a hand in the direction the entire song goes. Um, and I think there's like pros and cons to that where like the drummer has like a lot more control in the musical direction of it and I think it's uh, kind of cool when the drummer has that musical knowledge but when the drummer doesn't know all that stuff and is playing the part I think it could kind of open up to a bit more freedom in a way you're trying to which... say that ignorance is bliss <laughs> almost honestly um not quite that it's more so just like he doesn't have to think about exactly what we're doing we want to accentuate certain parts and obviously like um i, I think know. that it's, uh, it's hard to explain i think that where other drummers try and write a uh write a part based on what makes sense rhythmically gus focuses more on writing a part that makes sense uh emotionally Yes. Oh, Gus is yeah. like one of the most passionate people I've ever yeah. met. In yeah. his, I'm bummed like, that he's not here today. Me too. I think he that, would be the loudest voice that, uh, on this table right now. Gustavo uh, is a very emotional person, and I mean, we're all super fucking emo. But like, um, <laughs> we grew up with My Chemical Romance for Gus. Yeah, and I say that not in like an emo sad way. I just mean that we all really pay attention to feelings and. With we're that, a bunch of softies. With that comes how we understand guitar riffs and songs and how they should make you feel. And I think that that's what Gus brings to the table with his drumming is that he understands everything about how these chords, this riff, the rhythm and how it's played should make you feel. And he's heard and listened to so much music uh, of different genres that he knows exactly what he wants there and how he wants it to make other people feel. I think, I think that that's why... He writes the way that he does. Yeah, you know. Going back to well what we were saying about the theatrics uh, a while ago, Gus has a big hand. Yes, Gus has big hand. Gus is Gus, Gus has, has a big hand. hand. <laughs> Gus has always had a big hand. Uh, even back in Underdog Story, I don't think Underdog Story would have been half the band it was, especially like our live set. Our live set towards the end of that band was super tight and cohesive, and full of energy. And I think like, like it's got to be like most of that was coming from Gus and the intensity that he put into it. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Yeah. Monster. I opened this three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Jonah just walked in with uh, a monster juice. Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah, I opened this three days ago. I opened ago. it, didn't drink it, and then put it in the fridge, and I was like, it's not carbonated in the first place, right? It'll be fine. It's like high C. Nice. High C, but energy. High C, but crack cocaine. Oh no! Oh, wait, are we allowed to talk about that? <laughs> um, I will. Drugs, <laughs> might be. John and I can't speak of drugs. We're straight edge. Yes, we don't know what they are. That's always that's that's an interesting. I've always, 
I've always like smoked with my band. Like I've always mm-hmm. like that's been like our ritual is like okay, let's crack this, we'll smoke first and get yeah. get yeah. get creative. I then like not having that in this band is 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 cool. I mean, it, just, it's it's like we don't have to do that to. Um, I mean, Gus is a person. Speak. He got big hands. He holds. <laughs> exactly, and we do the buddy <laughs> system too. Things. Like yeah. Gus and I still, Gus and I are not straight edge, um, by any means. So, but we have buddy systems. I got, we got us as buddies and. And John and I, yeah. No one's alone in there. Yeah. In the, in their lifestyles. We also have like our own like unique relationships with each other too. I think. Um, I don't know. It's kind of cool, like the way that this band works together in this kind of like interconnected web mm-hmm. in our friendships with each other. And um, it was like that before the band too. Like yeah. we, like the dynamic between like me, like I don't know, just on on my side looking into it all. I loved how like yeah, like you said, I I have a totally unique relationship with yeah. each of you guys, and and like we all enjoy different things together, and, and yeah. It's cool. It's, it, it makes it, this, it, it makes me very full. This band has always been so confusing to me because it's all like, it's so sporadic and all over the place uh, in a way. But it all comes together, and it's it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I think. Looking very full makes yeah. me feel very full. Yeah, mm. it's like a big like three course meal. Well, I guess four course since there's four of us. <laughs> but whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> and Riley is like okay stop <laughs> I'm not being as weird as I thought I'd be honest. I'd be a lot more nervous <clears throat> I don't know this is the second podcast I've ever done yeah I think this is our second time too doing a podcast yeah. uh, we did one with our friend Dan uh, from a band e- uh, called Equal Parts mm-hmm. uh, down in Des Moines we did uh, like just kind of a quick like 30 minute interview uh, with him and then Jonah and I played uh, just a quick acoustic set for Underdog Story. That was like th- three years ago. Goodness. <laughs> feels like longer. Yeah. Dude, just a year ago feels like longer than that. Like, so much stuff has happened. That's what 2020 does to you. Yeah. So much <laughs> Distances you from everything prior. Yeah. What a year. Um, so as we wind down, I'll probably ask a couple more questions and then have like a little spot for you guys to give shout outs, talk about anything pressing that you guys want to talk about sure, sure. before we take off um, so one thing uh, we kind of mentioned is that Red Coat is like years in the making yeah. at this point it is a conglomeration of a lot of different things <laughs> um, for each of you what was like the highest like the best moment in all this time since like the birth quote unquote birth of this whole journey what was yeah. our favorite moment I guess you go ahead and start and we'll just go around the table um my favorite like I don't have just one because like there was all just like separate eras within the big journey like I loved I loved in the beginning um just getting together like the big band that we were we were the big jam band that we all started as and 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 losing ourselves, I I would get so fucking high (laughs) and and just fucking lose that's how I felt in those previous jam sessions everyone would get high whether you like did anything or not I was definitely like I mean there's something really electric about those first times just losing yourself like the last song on the EP is called Nevermore Mm. that was our first the first song that we established as any sort of band just that that was the first song ever and 
we would I on just on my head I would just completely forget like who I was when I was playing that that's song exactly at in the beginning. I, I would just like yeah. it was that's that 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 stands out for me. Um uh realizing that this didn't have to be over when everything yeah. was really falling apart. And I I, I, I don't know. I, I had gone through this before with my first band and my first band really impacted like who I am now as a person and, and it just felt like I was doing that all over again and it was such a relief to find out, no, like we're strong motherfuckers. Like we can do, like we can, do it, we can yeah. band together and make something really fucking cool out of it. And, and we and we did and we're doing it. That's my favorite part, I think. So I was gonna mention that. I have two kind of specific things. The first thing that came to mind uh, was the Joy Addicts first show uh, at a place called Pine House. Here so Ames. happy that that's recorded. Look up. Yeah, we. If we, you're we, listening to this, like, look up Joy Addict on YouTube, and you'll see my fucking long ass hippie hair <laughs> in the thumbnail. You'll see it's, Joy it's Addict like, at, at what was yeah. the place? Um, uh, the Pine House. Pine House. It's like a 20 minute set. Um, our old drummer Lincoln uh, just put up. I think it was his phone or a GoPro or something. It was his GoPro in the corner. In the corner and, and then just recorded our set, and it was really, really cool. That, I still love my tone from that set, like mm-hmm. my guitar tone. I fucking love that, that show. That was one of the most important shows I've ever played, I think. But uh, it was just a packed house full of like a bunch of our friends, a bunch of people that we didn't know. Um, and that venue was something really special, at least to me. Um, I always thought it was a really cool spot. It's not a thing anymore. Um, but that first show, for me, it kind of... You know, after the Joy Addict had been jamming for so long and then stopped doing stuff for a while and then came back together, like, it was, it kind of opened my horizons for what I could do creatively with music on my own. Because Underdog Story, like, I was, I felt like I was always trapped in, like, this kind of pop punk bubble. And I really liked the music that we were making. But I wanted to do something more. I wanted to do something different. And Joy Addict was my outlet for that. Um, so that's one of my favorite moments also you know being down in the basement for the first few times jamming to these songs we had an old song called lilac which i really loved uh riley doesn't like that one as much no, no, no. Um, i like it it's, it's just, just not nearly as strong as what we know yeah for it, sure it didn't hold up it wasn't the same for you know what we were doing now but it was a cool song so we had those two songs written and i just remember like i was working my job at little caesars uh and i'd come home uh at like 10 30 at night um, then drive 15 minutes across town to come jam here and we'd jam you know, well into the night you know, 2, 3 in the morning mm-hmm. and we just jam to these songs and I've never gotten high in my life but that's probably the closest I've ever been was just jamming to those songs and I don't know how we sounded back then uh, it was you know, probably not nearly probably as good pretty, as we are now it was but probably like, pretty rough but the, like, those first man. times like just dipping well, our toes in the water and just realizing oh my god it was, I think it was a lot of different things that came together in that um like just a lot of little things like they get high as fuck and then i just like put on the spaciest like delay effect that i had uh, and just play my guitar with that and then we also turned the lights off and turned on uh like our old lighting equipment that we had in the basement and like the room would be just like enveloped in this like blue green like it, it was there's really some cool. there's got to be some video on our phone somewhere there is we should... I, I have one Okay, we I, can, I can show you. We'll, we'll, I watch it every now and then. <laughs> we sh- we'll post it once this episode comes out. And, okay, and, for sure. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, those are the two things that stick out to me when it comes to Joy Addict. With Redcoat, I just think, like, you know, recording those first demos in my apartment was something that really put it all together for me and just, like, Very important. opened up my eyes to what we could do as this band and just do a totally DIY 
Uh, we did get somebody to mix our EP, but we recorded it all ourselves. Like, I did all the recording engineering on the EP. Shouts out to John from Weathered. John from Weathered, dude. He he knocked it out of the park with his mixes. Really? I, I couldn't those have done awesome. half the job that he did. I didn't think that they, those sounds could... Uh, I didn't think those songs could sound that professional, mm-hmm. but then he made it happen. And, and then like, we're going to do it much better next time because uh, I have new methods of recording. But yeah, I guess... So the just going back, the specific memory for me is probably that first Joy Addict house show. Yeah. I thought that was a really special moment. Uh, for me, it's kind of a mushy answer but it's like my favorite memory about this band or my favorite part about being in this band is the fact that i get to be in it because uh, yeah it's dumb right but <laughs> so no it's beautiful i've it's always good. been a yeah. big fan of uh the joy addict when it first started uh i was really good friends with everybody and he was jamming with us for a little while too yeah i jammed with the band on a couple of songs um but i was never officially in the band i was kind of like just kind of helping flesh out what it would sound like in a full band aspect. Yeah. It was weird how it all happened because we kind of stopped doing it for like a year about. Yeah. And then we came back and it was just kind of different. Yeah. So, but um, like I said, I was always a big like fanboy of the band. And I think the reason that I'm really uh, thankful that I get to be in it is because back when I was jamming with them, I wasn't quite uh, into the same music that everybody else was, which I think was a big reason why I wasn't actually in the band. Um, and so even when I did eventually get into the band and they asked me to play bass, I think uh, I still wasn't quite listening to all the same stuff. I listened to like a lot of like Turnover and uh, Some Citizen, which I think kind of is similar to no, some sure. of the stuff that we, we got some Citizen in there. listening Absolutely. to or what we're making. Mm-hmm. But being in the band has been awesome for me because... Like I said before, I get to play bass and kind of learn a lot more about what goes into that. And also, uh, it kind of, like, helps me develop a new aspect about, like, uh, music as well. Like, when you're listening to a new band, uh, I talked about this actually in an interview that I did with Gabby Lucas uh, for Iowa State Daily, but she asked me, like, or they asked me that... uh, is it like a new persona when you listen to a different band and I think that that's very true like like a big explanation to that is like my chem if you listen to my chem uh, they're very emotional and you get attached to them you know what I mean and they influenced a lot of people uh, because of their sound and that's what it's like being in Redcoat for me is it uh, helps me see music differently uh, I guess and it also just changes you as a person and it's like i step into different shoes when i play in red coat than i did when i was an underdog story so it's definitely like it's very strange watching jonah uh you know being so close with him you know we've been best friends for years now and then playing in these bands together and it's like a totally different person when he's playing an underdog story versus red coat that's what uh, makes him incredible though yeah. is that he's capable of it yeah and exactly. like you're that's what makes a great musician is is being able to bend yourself mm-hmm. and and stretch yourself and I do stretch. You can do stretch. <laughs> stretch. You, you stretch better than I do. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just really thankful to <clears throat> get to spread my wings in that aspect and um, beautiful butterfly, like a beautiful <laughs> butterfly. And every show since I've been in the band has just been awesome because I've always wanted to be in a band with Riley specifically, you know. And yeah. I'm really glad that I was able to be in the band with Jared too because uh, there's a big gap where I wasn't in a band uh, and yeah. Redcoat 
or Joy Attic, which was, was a thing. Underdog Story wasn't at the time, so I was having major FOMO. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just been really cool. It's good to have you. What a good time. Thank you. Yeah. It's good to be here. <laughs> it's good to be here in my own house. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are definitely a good crew, and I'm stoked to see what you guys have in store for the future. I mean, it's I remember here. when you guys played Iowa City, you guys were playing, I was like, these guys look kind of familiar. Like, who the fuck are these guys? And then I was like, just clicked after like the third PBR. I was like, that's fucking Riley. <laughs> after the third PBR. That's Riley. Yeah. Oh, he wears a hat now. Oh, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's, it's nice that you guys are still doing music and everything yeah. like that. So um, We're also all finished with puberty now since the last time you saw us. <laughs> that's completely that, that's past fair. that. <laughs> I got a hairy face sometimes. I got a hairy face. Right you got now. a very hairy face. Yeah. Jared's beard. That's that's been the biggest glow up of all of this. <laughs> Dude, is I, your beautiful beard. I, I shaved it back in March on accident because I'm an idiot. I just like had it on the wrong clipper setting and just took a big old chunk out of my beard. So I was beardless for a couple of months. Uh, I forgot what your face looked like. It was. I did too. I think that's but, something. I think the biggest contributing factor to this band and our sound is Jared's beard. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I grew a beard, and that. eventually I'm gonna start wearing flannel and start posting on Live Journal. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we're 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 putting you down. Before you get to that level. Oh man, I'm gonna go like back to 2013 hipster. Let's fucking do it. Just don't don't do the fucking shave the size of your head and then gel and. Oh the, boy. The, the, don't, no, no. You're better than that. My my hair is a naturally curly mess, which is why I have it under this hat today because <laughs> it is a mess. <laughs> Same. Um, well, thank you for letting me come down. I think this is the the longest I've been in Ames in the last like five years. Oh well, goodness! The Barnes last show I was here for. Damn. Whatever, it was like a I'm... nine bill band or something. Holy yeah, crap. sounds about right. Uh, I, don't know yeah, I, I believe it. I don't know if I made it to that one, but yeah, that, that makes sense. It was either that time or the time where it was like Exit's last tour we went to California and then we stayed, ended up staying at Jesse's for like three days. And just I was there! Yeah. Dude, I was probably fucking we, we wasted yeah. the whole time. I was at Thumbs last night thinking about the barn. Yeah, I, I missed What an era. Barn. Yeah. We saw uh, another one of our favorite bands, Head North, saw them for the first time at the barn. Uh, we actually, Jonah and I, played just like a last minute show with them because their, their van broke down in like somewhere in northern Iowa. I forgot about that. Yeah, and then our old bassist calls me up and he's like, you want to play a show? And I'm like, when? He's like, right now. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. We Gus were... couldn't come to that one, so we had to teach a drummer our set in like 10, 15 minutes. Yep. That was fun. It kind of worked. Our songs were that simple, so it wasn't hard. <laughs> but, yeah. um,. It was a fun show, and then found out about one of my favorite bands. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, but yeah, miss, miss the barn, dude. Yeah. Um, so before we take off, do you guys have any last words? I would just um, again shouts out to John from Weathered for yeah, uh, for like being just as much a part of the record as we were, and yeah, he really, making that all possible. I I he really understood what we were going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was open. It was open for communication on anything to do it yeah. he was just he's just he's great at what he does i jumped so. on a zoom call with him too and he gave me a bunch of tips about you know the next time we record so the next time we record what a good I guy. Was, i've got some ideas what a good guy yeah um yeah i don't fucking shouts out to you guys like, <laughs> like i really i really do enjoy doing all of this and and i can't wait to do more and yeah word our uh, our ep is on spotify and Bandcamp. uh we're very proud of it uh for what it is i think it's I think it's a really like solid first release 
there's stuff that I'll do different differently next time in like the recording process. Um, but overall, I think we're really proud of the final product. Shouts out, uh, yeah, I just thought, I'm sorry. Shouts oh, yeah. out to China Johnson yeah, for the, artwork. the incredible art. Oh my God, I lost my shit when she sent me that. I just like, um, I wasn't sure what I wanted for the artwork. Like, I, I, I had some either. ideas. Uh, and then the first like few pictures that you sent to us of like, like the picture frames and stuff, I was pretty set on that for a bit. Uh-huh. And then I kind of sat on the artwork that she sent uh, for a minute and I wasn't sure about it. And then it just kind of grew on me and I thought it was so cool. Mm-hmm. I think like looking at it now, I'm like, yeah, I really like it's, it. There's so much, it just sticks with you. I associate yeah. color with music, as I'm sure like a lot of other people do, but it really, really sticks with me. When I see album art, I associate all the songs on there with that color. Yep. Um, it's a very purple and, um, record. I wasn't sure if it was going to be purple for me or not, but looking at it now, yeah. I didn't either. No, I didn't know at all until I saw that album cover. I was like, yep. yes, that is exactly, I didn't I have... just I didn't know what it was going to be yet. It was always kind of gray to me. And I think it's because I was kind of in, a, in that in-between. Mm-hmm. Like, not sure what color I wanted it to be yet. So I was just kind of in this kind of limbo. <laughs> Word. Yeah. You got, you got anything to say, John? Not really, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Shouts out to Donna Miller for um, starting the whole mill thing. And, yeah. and, and, like, just giving us a foundation to do, like, literally all of this. Yeah. Outside of Red Code, outside of... I would say yeah, shouts out to Record Mill. Shouts out yeah. to uh, shouts Ames out to DIY. The, to the grandparents. Mom never really wanted to let me start doing shows here. I begged her because mm-hmm. I really wanted a place to play. And then shouts out Jonah Miller for well, fucking. No, like, I, I would still say I would still say shouts out to you know Donna because she she let her son you know bring all of his sweaty friends down here. Exactly, and what fucking parents play a show until like... three a.m. in the morning? Like our first few shows here went from like tw- midnight to like three a.m. Oh, that was that was the time. So seriously, it was, it was earlier than midnight. Out, Donna. It was yeah, like, it was like seven, eight o'clock when we'd start, and they'd go late. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And also, like you know, the record mill, the basement was just concrete and support beams when we first got here in this house. But she Target made the blueprints yeah. for all of that. And, uh, you know, help the contractors build it, too. And yeah, we'll show you here if you want to go downstairs after this. And Yeah. And also, not to mention, uh, so the reason I live here by myself now is because I have a younger sister in California who is going through elementary school and I think middle school now about to be. She listens to my kid now. She's 13. <laughs> She's starting it. She's starting Holy fucking starting. starting. And so uh, she had to move out there to help her. Uh, she has a different mother than I do. She's my half-sister. But so... And also, she was wanting to move back to L.A. because that's kind of where her business is, too. Uh, but that's the reason I get to live here still, and I have a ton of her musical equipment that she couldn't take with her because she had to leave mm-hmm. on a whim. Yeah. Beautiful studio down there. Fucking oh, we have some of so our own that we've been using, too, but we've been, like, you know, taking advantage of the gear that we have down there. Definitely. Every time I FaceTime her, she's like, whatever room I'm in, she's like, oh, I miss my kitchen. Oh, man. <laughs> I miss my couches. I'm like... You're going to take them away from me? They're mine now. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Very thankful yeah. I get to live here and I'm uh, thankful support that... all the bands that I'm in with this space. Yeah. yeah. I'm thankful that Jonah wanted me to come move in and, you know, he, he wanted some help, like, paying the bills and stuff, too, but, like, it's a very good opportunity for me to be able to be here and, you know, I'm really thankful for that. Where, thing. Where's the turkey? <laughs> what? We're all thankful. I don't know. Oh, it's it's not, <laughs> whatever. Church. God damn it. I'm vegan, but I'm like, where's the turkey? <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> and on that note, uh, 
thank you again for letting me stop by. Thank you for being a part of this. Yeah, thank you for coming down yeah. and like showing interest and and like it really does mean like a lot to me, a lot to us that like you wanted to do this oh, in the dude, first place. Sure. Like yeah, so just, cool. Yeah, when, it means the same way to me that like, you guys wanted to be <laughs> yeah, a part yeah, of this. Yeah, when, uh, when we get this next DP rolling, uh, we definitely should do this again and have Gus be involved this time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Gus is so bummed that he couldn't be here, dude. Yeah, I know. I know that I he really bad, loves to be but... a part of everything that goes on with this band. Uh, I think that Gus sometimes feels like he doesn't contribute enough, even though he writes all of the fucking drums and plays the, all the drums yeah. for the shows. But like, we have to convince him, like, no, dude, you fucking make the band. Like, he is. Uh, he's always so hard on himself. He is. He's. Yeah. He's a fantastic drummer. Uh, I don't think he should be. Shouts out, to Gustavo. Shouts yes. out to Gustavo. And if if, if, it were, if it were in his power, he would be here right now. Absolutely. With his big hands. His big hands. <laughs> his big hands. His big attitude. <laughs> personality. Well, I think think we're probably good. Like I said, thank you again for letting me stop by. And uh, go do this tour, man. Absolutely. Keep on keeping on. Alright, I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, man.